Good morning. Well, I'm torn. I mean, I'll just, I want to be as transparent as I can possibly be. And this morning is a time of celebration. In fact, every Sunday morning is a celebration. In fact, every day is a celebration, but, but sometimes it's hard to celebrate, isn't it? Admits the confusion, things that are distracting us, Satan is, is coming in on us. And so I want to talk this morning differently than what I thought I would talk about several days ago. And ultimately, I think we're going to find ourselves celebrating. I've, I've gotten to the point where I can celebrate, but I'll be honest with you, this, this has been a difficult last few days for me. My emotions have gone up and down. I've, I've shared with you part of my story. Some of you who know me well have heard some more details, and I, I won't go into depth into it, but I'll tell you this. Three and a half years ago, I, w- I went through a similar process that, that this congregation just finished. There were, there were two candidates down to the very end. And through a number of events, and, and, and don't give me... I prayed and fasted like it was nobody's business. And I said, God, whatever needs to happen, I made lists, I checked boxes, I made every effort that I possibly could. And I sat in an auditorium one Sunday morning, and they called a name, and it wasn't mine. I know what it feels like. To be sitting out in the pews. I know the hurt that's involved. I know the confusion. I know the questions. And I know this. I will never fully be able to thank God. For not allowing my name to be spoken that morning. I can celebrate. I can celebrate. Because God had something in store for me that I could not imagine. I wouldn't want to imagine. New Mexico, really? (laughs) But in order for us to be where God wants us to be, we have to yield to His promise and His plan, and that sometimes means that we're caught in the desert and in silence. And we say, God, call my name. Here's what I want to do. It's what I've always wanted to do. I've wanted to preach. It's, it's been my desire. I want to be able to stand up and tell people about how much I love the Lord. Why won't you just let me do it? And God said in His own time, in His own way, it's going to happen. And I've got a very special group of people who is going to show kindness and patience and love to you and your family that you can't imagine. They are going to lavish you with love. And they're going to put up with you. And you're going to be able to grow because of their kindness and their faithfulness and their prayers. But what you need, Doug, is you need to show faithfulness and you need to continue to lift up your prayers to me. And so that's where it was. Listen, I'm surprised. I'm like some of you are, you you started thinking about, well, what does this really mean? How how is it that that it works in some and not for others? And I began speculating, and I began speaking on God's behalf. 
And I came up with some really good reasons why God would choose to allow some people in and say, some people, you're not going to be in. I started thinking, well, you know what? We have a really small room. And ten elders and two ministers gets really crowded. And how can we ever get anything done with two ministers plus anybody? Much less add in a bunch of people. Well, maybe, maybe God says, you know what, I've selected ten really good men and women, but it would be ridiculous to put them all in one place. I want them spread out a little bit. Or maybe He said, you know what, we need to go at this slowly. I want to introduce a few now, and I want to introduce a few later. Maybe I want to send some here. Some of them, they're doing great work with benevolence, and they're doing great work with worship, and they're doing great work with prayer, and they're doing great work in counseling. Maybe I need them in other places. And I've, I tried to decide what God wanted, what was best. How did that work out? And then I just said, you know what, here's the deal. I'm not God. And if I knew what God was going to do, that says not so much about me being smart, but about God being not so smart. God has ways that are not my ways. But nonetheless, I want to show this first slide. We have, we have this idea. One more click, I think. We want to draw a line. We say, I'm on this side, or I'm on that side. Let me tell you right now, this is faith right now that we're living it. We have a choice to make. Now we can sit around and we can draw lines. And we can say, well, I'm on this side of the line, or I'm on that side of the line. Or they're on this side of the line, and I'm on that side of the line. And we can start drawing lines. And we can start forming cliques and camps. And we can talk about who's in and who isn't. And let me tell you, I, I'm not talking about the, the four men. Because I've already talked to the four men and I've talked to their wives. I, I felt like because I've been in their situation to some very small degree, I know a little bit what it's like. And so I, I made a few phone calls and, and got to have a few visits. And let me tell you, those four men and their wives are not drawing lines. They don't want to have any part of being on one side of a line or another side of the line. And so I'm not addressing them. Because I've talked to Vaughn. I know how Vaughn feels. I know Vaughn is disappointed like I'm disappointed. I've talked to Lynn I sat in his house with he and Frida, and we talked about this. Lynn and Frida, they're not drawing lines. I talked to Bill. He came up to the office, and we had a conversation. Bill's not drawing lines. There's not an in-group and an out-group. Okay, I talked to Miss Harleen. Love Miss Harleen. And by the way, Bill is not here because he had to take care of some business and he wanted to make sure that I knew that he was not trying to avoid this place. He just couldn't be here. Uh, and the same is with Kenneth. Kenneth, if you know his occupation, he gets called at any time. He got called on Friday. He was out on, uh, he was out on the job on Friday and Saturday. And unfortunately, uh, it, it left him there on Sunday. And he, he, said, he says, 
I want you to know that I've got this job and it's a long one and it may, I may be gone two Sundays. I'm not hiding. I just, I have, to, I have to do this job. He says, I'll be worshiping from a different place. But I talked to Miss Harleen and, and for some of them, the, the word that I heard was, well, we're relieved because this is God's will. And I, I talked to Miss Rita and I talked to Kenneth. They're not drawing lines. I want you to know that. So, if you're, in, if you're one of those who nominated them, and you're one of the ones that see them as a shepherd and a leader, someone who has led your life group, who has prayed with you, who's been to your house, who loves your family, and has done things that a shepherd does, that's because they do shepherding things. And if they're not going to draw lines... Heaven forbid any of us try to draw a line for them. However, there is one line that all of them drew, and it looks like this. This is what we're about. I said it three and a half years ago, and I'm standing here to say it right now. Whether you worship in Sweetwater, whether you worship in Hobbes, whether you worship in Brazil, or Germany, or Thailand, or anywhere else, these are the only lines that matter. This is something so cruel, so painful, so confusing. So many people looked around and said, how could this be? This can't be right. These lines represent execution of death. And these are the lines that God drew. And this is the cross that Jesus died on. To borrow somewhat of Vaughn's words earlier this morning, through an improbable Savior, came an impossible sacrifice. That is why we celebrate. We celebrate because God took something that was confusing, that didn't make sense, and He made something beautiful. This is faith. And this is joy. I have a little philosophy on this, this whole process and how we feel as a result of it. And I'm just going to lay it out on the table. Here's what happens. We started this process, and our four elders and the ministers, we began praying about this process. And we prayed, and we fasted, and we gave it up to God, and said, God, this is yours. God, we are going to let you take control of it. We're going to do everything we can to try to be as communicative as possible. We're going to try to be as transparent as possible. We're going to try to lay this out as best as we possibly can. And we're going to make mistakes. But in the end, what we're going to do is say, God, use the, what the best that we have and make it for your glory. And the process has now been completed. And guess what? This is God's 
work. It's not ours. So there's only two ways you can look at it. If you joined us in the prayer and in the fasting, and you gave it up to God, then today, regardless of whether or not this matches your affirmation form, this is what God chose. And He has a way and a belief and an understanding about it that I can't tell you about. I walked out of a building three and a half years ago, and I I knew beforehand I wasn't going to be called. Way beforehand. But through the whole process, my question was, God, okay, what? Now what? And God had a plan. So if you've joined us in the prayers and the fasting and trusting in God, what we can do now is so simple. We celebrate. Because God has spoken. And He says, I have a plan for each one of you. The other option is this. The other option is, you didn't join in on the prayers. You didn't lift this up to God. And now you're left with just being angry and bitter about it. And you want to talk to God and say, God, why did this happen? And you can go to Him frustrated and angry. And you can take it out on other people. And I'm going to say this. That's not a God problem. That's a you problem. Because God says, bring it to me, trust me, and I will take care of you. You know, the Israelites got into a little trouble, uh, and that's talked about in Deuteronomy. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, when God was just really laying down the law on them, and He was really angry with them, and He says, all these things that you have, they're going to be taken away from you. And you want to know why God was angry? You know that why God was choosing to punish them? Was it because they didn't obey? Sort of. But what he actually said was, because you didn't obey with rejoicing and with celebration. Do you hear that? God was upset with His people. Not just because they didn't follow the rules, but because they'd followed the rules, but they did it with a frown on their face and their arms crossed. And God says, no, that's not what I called you to. I called you to be a people of joy. Trust me, what I'm doing now is going to work out. And I don't know what it's going to look like in two weeks, or in six months, or in ten years. But here's what I know. As long as we give it to God, He's going to be faithful. And that's why I'm smiling. I'm smiling because I have witnessed that God can make great things happen through confusing times. I've seen it happen in your own lives. I don't think, I don't see Francis here. I don't know if Francis has made it back. I think some of you are aware of the plot of Miss Francis Utterback. November, had a fall, don't know if that was actually the cause. December, she went in, 
because she was having trouble remembering things. They looked and said, oh, you, you're, you have bleeding on your brain. They care flighted her to Lubbock, in which she had surgery. And they shaved her head, opened up her skull, and a few days later, she now can remember the things that she couldn't remember a few days before. She came back to Lubbock. I mean, back to Hobbs. Things were going great. She got pneumonia. She went back to Lubbock. She came back to Hobbs. She was released. A few days later, she was back in the hospital again. She got back out again. Then she went to the ER and thought she was going to get admitted again and finally got to go home. By this time, her hair is growing in great. In fact, she says she's gotten several compliments about how nice her hair looked. In fact, one of the ladies at the hospital said, who's your barber? Uh, And her response was, well, this was a pretty expensive haircut. (laughs) But here's why I love Frances. She's always smiling. She gets home. And she's home for like three days. And a kid rounds the corner, dodges a cat, and square hits her big brick mailbox that flies across her yard. Huge brick mailbox. It's all over the place. And she's smiling. She says, have you seen my pretty new mailbox? (laughs) To say nothing of the fact that the one she had before is now gone. It's been obliterated. And she's smiling. I've seen lots of that in each one of you. I've seen that in Miss Pat. I've seen that in you, the smiles through a really difficult time. Whenever Miss Pat Couch comes in, she's always got a smiling face. You see, because God is faithful. And we have reason to celebrate. Listen, it takes more energy and more muscles to make a frown than it does to make a smile. So if nothing else, conserve energy and smile. Let people think that you're up to something. Even greater, let them know that this world hasn't got a hold of you. And that you believe in a Savior that has overcome this world. And so we celebrate. Right? We celebrate. We celebrate. Because we have a God. And although we haven't gotten to the final chapter, He's already written it. And as Randy Harris would say, we win. We've won. The celebration we have inside and outside should rival that of what took place last night as a ball went through a hoop and people celebrated. We are not champions of New Mexico high school basketball. We are champions of the world because of Jesus. Right? I want to see some more energy conservation in this room. Can we get a little more smiling? There's no reason we can't celebrate for what Jesus did for us. He took the improbable life and turned it into an impossible sacrifice. I have... One final prayer and a request from each one of you this morning. This has been an amazingly arduous 
task. There has been countless hours put into this process. I, I think there have been some, some pretty good um, um, calluses that have, been, that have been put on some knees because of some godly men and women who've been praying for this process. Please don't stop. I don't know how these, these four men feel. Kenneth and Bill and Lynn and Vaughn. But I'm telling you this. They are powerful servants. They have been shown to be leaders within this church as they were nominated. As they went through this process. They are no less leaders today than they were last week. And they will continue to be great leaders. And my encouragement for you is that if you have found yourself following them because they have been shepherding in your life, allow them to continue to do it. Do not treat them like the elephant in the room. Because they believe that God's will has been done and they want God to get the glory. They don't want one line being made. They're about giving praise to God. And as I visited with these men... I saw that. And I heard that. And even through the disappointment, they've said, let's give God the glory. This morning, let's give God the glory. Your life right now may seem like it's just a microcosm of what is going on with us. That there's a new things going on, there's some volatility, Things went well, but some things we wished had gone differently. Maybe things aren't going well in your life at all. And maybe you're really questioning, God, what's going on? And I, as I've heard and shared so many times before, everything will work out in the end. And if it's not working out, it's not the end. Jesus has overcome. And we can smile for what He's prepared for us and for our future. If you can't find a smile on your face, if you've lost the joy of the Lord, I want to encourage you this morning to start looking. God didn't call us to be angry or apathetic followers. He called us to be on fire and joyous for Him. In a few minutes after we dismiss, we're going to go into our Sunday morning class and we're going to talk seriously about celebrating. Because God calls us to celebrate. In fact, the Israelites, He mandated it. They weren't very good at celebrating. And so He had to make some feasts. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But right now, if you can't find yourself at the feast, maybe... You've forgotten that the banquet has been prepared and you're sitting in the corner eating a bologna sandwich. God says, come join the feast. It has been laid out for you. Let's celebrate. This morning, let's celebrate as we stand and sing.